Good afternoon and welcome back to the Learn English Football Podcast. Uh, I'm your host Tim uh, and... And I'm Tom. Hi Tom, how are you? I'm fine, thanks Tim. How's it going? Uh, very well. Exciting times because today, although there's no football today, tomorrow starts the last 16. And as you know, this is when the, uh, the big matches start. Uh, every match is going to be exciting. Um, so there's lots to look forward to. Uh, we've actually played 36 of the 51 matches, Tom, so uh, over halfway through the competition. It's been great so far. I've enjoyed it. It has been good. There's been 94 goals, which is an average of 2.6 goals a game, which from my, I, without investigating other competitions' goal averages, I think that's quite high. It sounds like it. Um, I don't know which your favourite teams of the competition have been so far, but the most goals uh, have come from Holland or the Netherlands uh, with eight goals, followed by Italy, Belgium and Portugal with seven. Uh, I don't see England on that list, Tom. Are you surprised? Not at all. I think we've scored twice, haven't we? Just two, yeah. I think we're saving our goals for, for when it matters. That's right. Let's believe that. And back to what we were saying uh, yesterday on the previous show, Spain are top of the possession percentages with 86%. So now they've found their goals, they could be really dangerous in the later stages. What do you think? I think you could be right. We talked about in the last episode how the floodgates have opened for Spain. They scored five goals, the floodgates opened. So uh, I'm very worried. I wouldn't want to face the Spanish team at this moment in time. Definitely not. Definitely not. In fact, they've had 45 shots on goal which is uh, the fifth most in the competition, so not bad at all. So, what we're going to do today is we're going to look at all eight matches from the last 16 uh, round of the competition, and we're going to make our predictions. Maybe Tom and I agree, maybe not, we'll see. Um, so let's jump straight in, Tom, with the first match. The first match is going to be Wales against Denmark. What's your predictions for that one? Denmark 2, Wales 1. Uh, the reason I've decided on that, I think, player for player, looking at the two team selections, that Denmark are the better team. Even without Christian Eriksen, I think that the Danes will... The, the Welsh, Wales will do okay. I expect them to score at least one goal. But I think Denmark have more quality through their team. Uh, plus the games in Amsterdam... It's a little bit closer to Denmark than it is to the United Kingdom, so they might get more Danish fans in the Ajax Arena in Amsterdam. Um, possibly. I, my prediction isn't too different to you. You went 2-1. I've actually gone 2-2 with Wales to win on penalties. And I'll tell you why. I think Bale is going to turn up and take the game by the scruff of the neck, a bit like we said uh, uh, De Bruyne did in the last episode. If I take the game by the scruff of the neck, Tom, am I, am I controlling it a little bit or totally dominating it? Totally dominating. Yes, I think this is Bale's one of his last opportunities on the biggest stage, and I think he wants to be remembered. So uh, I think he could carry the team... Um, and take them into extra time. And I know it's a bit of a lottery when you get to penalties. When I say a lottery, Tom, is easy to predict or difficult to predict? Difficult to predict. Yes. When we say a lottery, we are saying there is definitely an element of luck involved. Penalties are definitely a lottery, but I'm backing Wales. Interesting. So, two different opinions. Let's see. 
Yes, uh, me and Tom, we both like being right, so it'll be interesting um, <laughs> to see what happens here. And, and then the second game, one of our favourite teams of the tournament so far, Italy, take on um, Austria. So I, I, I'm going to give you my prediction first, Tom. I've been fantastically impressed by Italy so far. I think they're going to be too strong. I think they're going to win 2-0, 2-0. Mm -hmm. I have exactly the same prediction as you. Italy 2, Austria 0. This game is happening at Wembley Stadium, so it is a completely neutral venue for both teams, although possibly there are more Italians living and working in London than there are Austrians. But I think that Italy have a complete team, actually a complete squad, whereas Austria have half a team with a couple of excellent players and a lot of average players. So 100% agree with you, 2-0 to Italy. Yeah, I mean, I agree. 2-0 to Italy is probably, well, we both agree. Um, it all depends, Austria's hopes depend on Arnautovic, Alaba, who's been fantastic so far, and Savica. But they're three players, and the Italy side, as you've mentioned, uh, they're 11 strong players, so yes. What about um, the third match, uh, Holland or the Netherlands against the Czech Republic? For this one, I have Holland 2, Czech Republic 0. Uh, I think it will be very comfortable for the Dutch. The Dutch team are much stronger than the Czechs, I think. And uh, even though the game is happening in Budapest, which is a neighbouring country, it's next door to the Czech Republic, so that could give a little bit of an advantage to the Czech team. They might feel more comfortable, more familiar there. They might have more fans in the stadium, but not enough to make a difference. I think the Dutch will be too strong. What's your prediction? I agree. I agree, actually. Exactly the same. Again, uh, we didn't check each other's answers, but they're interestingly similar. I think it's going to be Holland 2, Czech Republic 0. Uh, and as we've said before, we've been really impressed by the Dutch side with Jeannie Wijnaldum, but also Depay. Uh, Dumfries at right back has been fantastic. I think this has been his breakthrough tournament. A breakthrough tournament. Is that, does that mean his reputation has stayed the same or increased in a big way in this tournament? Yeah, he has broken through. His reputation has increased dramatically. Yes. Um, and also Frankie de Jong has been really good. Um, I'm, I, I'm interested to see this game, to see how, Czech how the Czech Republic play against Holland so we can compare how England played against Czech Republic and compare our level with, with the Dutch. Mm -hmm. um, it could be interesting. Yes, especially because England might face the Dutch in the semi-final, if we get that far. <laughs> if. It's a big if, Tom. With England, as you know, there are lots of ifs. Just on a language point, I thought it was interesting. The Czech Republic, Holland. Mm -hmm. um, and it made me think that every time you have a word republic or democratic in a country name, you have to say the word the. It's interesting. Anyway, let's move on and talk about the next match, uh, Belgium-Portugal. Now, this is a big clash between huge teams, huge footballing teams. Somebody is going to go home in tears. Who do you think that's going to be, Tom? I think Cristiano Ronaldo will be crying his way back home. Uh, for the, I think it will be a close game. Uh, the Belgian team is narrowly better than the Portuguese team, uh, but 
the game is happening in Seville, which is down in south, south of Spain, very close to the Portuguese border. So it's almost like a home advantage for the Portuguese team in terms of the conditions and perhaps getting lots of fans over to the stadium. However, I think this one will be 1-1 at full time, go into extra time, and then I think the Belgians will sneak a victory. Probably someone like De Bruyne or Lukaku will make the difference again. What, what about you? What do you think? Well, I, I kind of agree with a lot of what you've said, but there's a, a slight factor in the Seville Stadium. Uh, this match is going to be played at 6pm, uh, and you know the reputation for Seville in summer. I can imagine it's going to be mid-30s or even high-30s. The, the temperature. The temperature. So, and I'm thinking that Portugal will definitely be more used to playing in temperatures like that. They, they are more familiar with these temperatures. So it could be a big challenge for Belgium. I do think attacking, uh, from an attacking point of view, Belgium are more dangerous with Kevin De Bruyne and Lukaku. Um, but I remember at the beginning of the tournament we had doubts about the Belgian defence. And they will definitely be tested by the Portuguese attack. So I have gone for a Belgium victory. I've gone for 3-2 Belgium. But this is one of the matches that I spent a long time thinking about. So this is a prediction, but it's a tentative prediction. Am I sure or not sure with a tentative prediction? Tentative. You are unsure. I'm not sure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then the match that a lot of our listeners are going to be interested in hearing all about. So Spain, Croatia. I mean, this is a huge match. We've got World Cup finalists against a team that has been at the top of world football for the last 15 years. Um, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, I'm going for a narrow Spain victory, 2-1. Um, I think Spain will dominate the ball. They'll be able to, to take control of the game over Croatia, which, which will be difficult because, I mean, let's face it, Croatia do have some top midfielders in, um, in Modric. In, in, you, know, they're, they're, you, you know the ones, Tom. And I do think it'll be a challenge. But once Spain dominate the ball, I think they'll get Croatia chasing the ball a lot and eventually over, over the course of 90 minutes, the, the domination will, will tell. Uh, when I say tell here, do I mean speak or have an impact? Have an impact. Yes, the domination will tell. Uh, so I'm going for a, a narrow victory, 2-1. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, I, I, I must admit, this is without Morata in the size. This is a no Morata prediction. Well, I agree with you that I think Spain will win the game. Uh, I have 3-0 to Spain. 3-0, wow. I think it will look more generous at the final whistle. It will probably be a tighter game than the 3-0 scoreline suggests. I suspect it will be 1-0 to Spain at some point and only in the final 5 or 10 minutes as the Croatian team have to come forward, they have to attack, then Spain will score again on the counter-attack, I think twice more even, because the Spanish team are younger, they are faster. We've talked about the quality in the Croatia team. Obviously, Modric, Perisic, uh, there are some fantastic players there. But I expect Modric to be doing a lot of defensive work. I expect him to be sitting too deep to have much of an attacking impact. Because 
I agree with you. Spain will control possession of the ball. They will keep the ball too much for the Czech, for the Croatian team. I think um, Busquets being fit again uh, after his COVID um, illness uh, is a big influence for Spain. He's, he's a real metronomic passer. You can depend on his passing if it's two metres, if it's 50 metres. He never loses the ball. I agree with that. Actually, not only Busquets for his experience, but Azpilcueta coming back in at right back will make a big difference as well. This Spanish team in the first games looked dangerous, but without that penetration, without that little bit of expertise that you get with your more experienced players. So I expect Busquets and Azpilcueta to start and to have a de decisive impact on the result. And what do you think, uh, Tom? Do you think uh, the public mood will change around Spain after uh, if they beat Croatia? Because at the moment, things improved after the 5-0 victory. But there are lots of questions still about, uh, about Luis Enrique more than anything. If, if Spain can win, do you think the mood will, will change, will become more positive? People will start backing the side? Yes, definitely. This is the first real test they, they've faced. And coming through this, there will be a little bit more belief. Uh, having said that, there is always going to be that question about the centre-forward. Yes, uh, but let's not talk about that anymore. Mm -hmm. But I think we've covered uh, Morata sufficiently. Moving on to uh, the world champions and one of some of our favourites for the tournament against one of our dark horses in Switzerland. So I'm going to hand this over to you, Tom. What do you think? France, Switzerland. Yes, I have for this one. France 3, Switzerland 1. Yes, I'm abandoning my dark horse. Switzerland, I don't think they have enough to get past the French team. I think the French team have so much strength in depth, not only the first 11 players, but on the bench as well. Uh, the only weakness in the French team, I would argue, is the goalkeeper, Loris, and he's a World Cup winner, so... You, can't, you could say he's not much of a weakness with that experience. But I, I think it's very hard to see past France on this one. So what, what's the final score? You said 3-1. 3-1 to France. So you're going for a similar difference to me. I'm going 2-0. And I'll explain my answer. Yes, I reckon that... Um, I, I, I agree that France are going to win. But I don't think it's going to be as a result of playing good football. I think the Swiss are going to play more attractive football in this game. But they will. the problem Switzerland will have is a lack of quality. And France will be totally the opposite. I think over the three games so far, they haven't played particularly well as a team. But the individual quality is undeniable. Um, Pogba in the midfield, playing it to Mbappe with... With Benzema creating space, I think is a very, very, very difficult combination to stop for any team. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm, I'm backing France 2-0. And I think it will be sad to say bye-bye to our dark horses or your dark horse for the tournament. Um, now, Tom, I know and you know that we have suffered lots of painful footballing experiences over our lives. One of my first memories of football was um, people talking about the Stuart Pearce penalty uh, in, in, in World Cup 1990. I was a bit too young to remember it. So that kind of says it all about England, Germany. My first, one of my first memories of football is a trauma about Germany, 
even without watching a match. So it's very difficult to go into this match with any hope. But um, this is a different England side, and this Germany side has shown some signs of weakness. So I'd be interested to know uh, what you think the outcome, the result of this game is going to be. Well, Tim, I was at Wembley Stadium in 1996 when England played Germany in the semi-final of the European tournament 25 years ago and lost on penalties. And it was devastating at the time. Who missed the penalty, Tom? The sixth penalty was missed by Gareth Southgate. Who's our manager now, Tom? Gareth Southgate is the manager. Do you think a manager who has missed such an important penalty for his country can can help talk to the players to, to create a stronger mentality for penalties? Or do you think he will just create a, a, a worry about taking penalties? I am sure that the players will be practicing penalties at the end of every training session. Uh, there will be the element of a lottery again, a little bit of luck. And historically, the Germans tend to be more psychologically strong, stronger than us when it comes to taking penalties. But for this particular game, I'm backing England to win. I believe it will be 2-2 after extra time, and then we will witness Southgate's revenge. After 25 years of hurt, crying into his pillow over that missed penalty, we are going to see that England, Southgate's players will get revenge for him and they will beat the Germans at the same stadium, Wembley Stadium, and knock them out in the tournament. Wow, Tom, I mean, it hurt me in 1996. And I was just watching on the television, so I can't imagine how painful it must have been to see, firstly, Gascoigne not quite getting on the end of the ball and then, and then Southgate's miss. Wow. Um, I, I must disagree, Tom. I think if this game goes to penalties, then I would be 99% sure that Germany will win. But I don't think this is going to penalties. I think this is a New England team. I don't think this England side is, is damaged by past experiences. Um, and on paper, in theory, I think we have a stronger side. So I'm going to back England 2-0. Um, partly because I don't like the Germany attack so much. I think this false nine with Gnabry or Timo Werner is not really suited for tournament football. I think tournament football demands a traditional number nine. I think only Spain playing their best, best, best football in 2010 could afford to be without a striker. So I'm going to back England 2-0. Um, and if this happens, Tom, I will be happy to buy you a beer in celebration. <laughs> and if we lose on, if we win on penalties, I'm sure you'll be happy to buy me a beer. Yeah, I'll buy you six beers. Six beers, <laughs> fantastic. Well, six beers might be enough to get us through the final game, Sweden yes. against Ukraine. Sweden-Ukraine is the last game. Could be interesting. Both teams will know who they have to, well, who they will play if they win. So there'll be um, there'll be a lot, there'll be a lot to play for. Um, I've put this down as going to penalties, but I'm for the time being, I'm not going to tell you who I think is going to win. What's your prediction? My prediction is one nil to Sweden. The reason is is that Sweden have been stronger in the tournament so far, and 
having watched the last Ukraine game where they were losing against Austria, I believe, they didn't do enough in the second half. When they had the ball and they needed to attack and create chances, they weren't able to do it. They were lacking some experience, some knowledge, some unity. So for that reason, I believe it's time to say goodbye to Ukraine. I can see Sweden getting a 1-0 lead and defending comfortably until full time. Okay. Well, I'm not so far away from, from being similar to your prediction. I've gone for one all after normal time. And then I've gone uh, that it's going to go to penalties and Sweden will win on penalties. And my justification is similar to, to for some of your reasons for Sweden winning. I think Sweden will be stronger mentally. Uh, like you said, against Austria, Ukraine showed signs of of not being able to produce their best, most efficient football at the most important uh, time. And really that penalties is when you need to produce your best stuff. Um, in terms of mental strength, obviously. Um, and the other thing is I look at Andrei Shevchenko as a player and I remember him missing crucial penalties. And I wonder, a bit like the Southgate factor, like I said to you, if England-Germany goes to penalties, Germany will definitely win. I think that could be a similar factor in the Spain in the in the Ukraine versus Sweden match. Um, and do you think it will go to penalties? I think it will go to penalties. I think they're quite evenly matched sides. Uh, I'm excited to watch this. Actually, I'm excited to watch the match. Mm -hmm. um, Tom, from the eight matches, uh, from not from an England point of view, which match are you most looking forward to watching? I think. Of the eight matches, I'm most looking forward to Wales against Denmark. Uh, obviously, there is some emotional attachment. You know, I'm not Welsh, but the Welsh are our neighbours and they're part of the United Kingdom, so I support Wales. Uh, but I also think that this Denmark team have something a little bit special now. They are uh, playing well. They have great players. Uh, I was very impressed with some of the goals they scored in their 4-1 victory last week. Particularly, Eric uh, Christiansen, the Chelsea defender, scored an absolute belter. Okay, so, okay. so what's I, a belter? A belter is, uh, he hit it softly or he hit it really hard? He hit it hard and it flew into the back of the net before the goalkeeper could react. Yeah, the game I'm most looking forward to is Belgium-Portugal. Because I see Portugal's strength as being their defensive solidity and, and, and Pepe and, um, and, and I think Belgium are an, an unstoppable force going forward. So it'll be really interesting to see who comes out on top there. And I also think just in terms of we're going to see a big player going home that night, either mm -hmm. Kevin De Bruyne or Ronaldo. And I think both of those players have a good argument to be considered in the top three in the world. So I think that could be interesting. Uh, and the final question, Tom. Which match do you think is hardest to predict? I have to say England-Germany. It could go either way. England have home advantage and possibly a better squad. But Germany are our ne nemesis. They are our bogey team when it comes to international football. By bogey team, I mean they are the team that consistently beat us in, in, in the important games. What about you? Um, I I have to agree, actually. Germany against England is really difficult to predict because I don't know whether to predict with my heart, with my head. I don't know what my heart thinks. I don't know what my head thinks. So 
it's difficult. Um, I suppose the other ones, the ones that are going to penalties, the Sweden, Ukraine and Wales, Denmark would be really difficult to, um, to predict as well. And that's all we've got time for today on the Learn English Football podcast. Remember, you can find all of our content at uh, leftpod.com, that's L-E-F-P-O-D.com, or find the podcast on Spotify, uh, Spotify, sorry, type us in and you'll find us. Remember, tell a friend. The more listeners we, we have, the better. The more people who we help learn English, the better. That's why we're here. And on the website, there's lots of materials to help you practice your listening and to check your understanding and also to prepare for exams. So from me, Tim. And from me, Tom. Thank you very much. And we're looking forward to seeing you again soon.